Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an LA champion. You know? Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. The voice of choice, Bruce Wirt, Killer Ken Resnick, and the captain of controversy, the... <laughs> <laughs> the master of disaster, the internet pariah, Bill After. Wonderful. Are you Willie. saying the legend maker's in trouble again? He named. He is upsetting people all over the internet. All of the modern wrestling fans are angry no. at Mr. No, Bill no, they're yeah. all of them. You're in trouble, Bill. Uh, no, no, I'm not in trouble. I'm uh I'm troubled. Pat McAfee is not a fan of yours. Well, here's here's very the capsule, and I wasn't even going to talk about this except here at this point because this is getting out of control. And a lot of people say, well, he's just looking to uh, catch some uh, glitter off Pat McAfee's star. I'm not at all. Here's the deal: last Friday night on SmackDown, Pat McAfee did a thing where he got on top of the broadcast table and he started making like a lot of loud noise, making with an air guitar on the whole bit. Michael Cole went like this. I was sitting in my recliner and I said, oh God, this is, I can't listen to this. I couldn't find the remote and I finally found it and cut the sound off. So just out of a complete reflex, I tweeted, I said that I couldn't get to my remote fast enough to, you know, what did you think? Something like this. So a day goes by and I'm in Atlantic City with a family member on Saturday and I'm checking my tweets and there's a tweet from Pat McAfee saying, Dear Bill, with all due respect, F off. But he used the real word, he used the actual word. Right, he says F off. So I have no problem with, any, and I've read, you know me, I rarely do anything negative or even controversial. I mean, so that one tweet got him so angry to tell me to F off. That's fine. It's okay that you didn't like what I said, but that's that you didn't like it. Okay, that's great. But to tell me to F off was wrong and unprofessional. Okay, let, let, let me address one part of that controversy, if I may. And now, Bruce, next time you ask, how come, how, what are you going to do to get me on Twitter? Just play this. But for those people that are saying Bill Apter was trying to grab some of the glitter from Pat McAfee, Bill, I know you're a, a wrestling historian. 
How many Hall of Fames is Pat McAfee in? Wrestling Hall of Fames? Yeah, hunting Hall of Fames. Oh, no, no, he wasn't very good at that. Wrestling Hall of Fames. None that I know of. How many are you in? 16. Case closed. Thank you. There you go. Again, I'm not trying to make me the the good guy, the baby face in this thing. I'm just saying that you didn't have to say F off. That's all. That's the only thing that bothered me. If not, you know, hey, Bill, with all due respect, uh, low blow, not appreciated. That would have been fine. Okay, great. That's it. But F off, a lot of the people who follow me, and it's nowhere near the amount of the people that follow him. And I, in the past, I've said how much I enjoy what he does. I, I like him next to Michael Cole. I think he's very entertaining. But uh, this just bothered me. And there's a lot of Pat McAfee fans that are sticking up for him and saying they're going to keep following him. That's fine. Do that. I have no problem with that. He just didn't have to drop the F-bomb. Yeah. No, now, one, no fan, one fan said, Bill, this doesn't excuse him, but he's a millennial and I'm a millennial. So I know, you know, this is how we talk. I said, I know a zillion millennials who don't talk like that. So no, yeah, that's not an excuse. Now, now, Bruce, Bruce both you and <laughs> both you and, and Bill are are Twitter Twitterers and and tweet. So my question, as a non-member of Twitter, has anybody ever won a tw- or come out ahead on a Twitter war? I've never been in one. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, uh, Bruce, you know what we should do. While we're doing this show, you should go to Twitter on another screen and let's oh, on Twitter. Create, yeah, let's create. Right now. Let's create a Ken Resnick. No, <laughs> no. Let's put Ken Resnick on. I, I'm I'm way too boring. <laughs> no, you're not. You're far from boring. I, I I'm I'm part of the is it Resnick, Resnick after, after VOC. Okay, so I'm, I'm that, that's my part on Twitter. I'm, I am good with that. Let's go to the mailbag. <laughs> All right, Le- leading us right into there. Uh, we'll, Albert, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> Albert Gurrier or Gurrier at Catch the Pinfall, uh, replying to Pat McAfee <laughs> and uh, on the really? same string. Uh, really? <laughs> after is one of the forefathers of wrestling and should be retreated, should be treated and respected. Absolutely. Such. There you go. Thank you. From Albert. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's uh, get to some more. I'm actually not one of the forefathers. I'm one of the five fathers. There were a bunch of us. A lot of fathers in the wrestling. Let me move this over to the other screen here. I have the Sixers game up as well. How could we be? How could we be recording this uh, as the Sixers and the Hawks are playing live game two of the second round? Uh, the playoff series, a big upset on Sunday. The Hawks beat the Sixers uh, by the skin of their teeth. See, I'm in the middle place with this because my son works for the Hawks, but I live in Philly. So, like, it's very difficult. Yeah. And, 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 Bill, just for the record, all my sports analogies and conversation is before we start recording. So, there you go. There you go. Shooter right. Sharps. And this is uh, – now, this is stuff that is uh, part of uh, last week's feedback, the show from last week. Bill Apter is in Tony Khan's pocket. <laughs> Bill, what do you got to say about that? That's um, This is the WWE. Yeah. This is in response to our episode uh, talking about the creative changes in WWE. Tony, how how is Tony Khan in my pocket? That makes no sense. You're in his pocket. They, they're, I guess they're thinking how? that you were – you were criticizing the WWE for being entertainment? I don't know. I said something that WWE is more entertainment-based recently than pro wrestling-based. And WWE wants to be known as an entertainment company on the same level as uh, Disney and what Ringling used to be, and, you know, an entertainment company. So, uh, but I don't know, uh, in terms of, in, I haven't spoken to Tony Khan since uh, the first, um, uh, God, how long ago? A year and a half, two years ago. Bill, continuing on the same train, the Vegemite kid says, Bill Apter's sour at WWE because they stopped cooperating with his magazines. And not, <laughs> that was only, what, 30 years ago? That 30, 35 years. Now, I'm trying to 
um, figure out what we were uh, discussing on that particular show so I could rewind to that. Um, I, no, I, I, sour, I, I wasn't not sour on WWF um, even when they we weren't allowed access. Um, I still was covering them and not saying anything negative about them. So I don't know where that's coming from. Bill, I, I, I think it's coming from, remember last week we were talking about the three new executive VP hires mm -hmm. and the three additions to the board, the yeah. fact that none of them had any wrestling background, which just leads credence, not in a negative or positive way, just in a factual way, that they are looking to be more of an entertainment, more of a media company. Right. And we both said that the one, dip, the huge difference, AEW is only a wrestling company and WWE, and I don't think anybody would disagree, they're looking to be media entertainment, which is right. one component being wrestling. Yeah. And I don't overall I, focus. But I don't get, you know, the, the thing about with the magazines, uh, even during the days when the magazines were banned from WWF, uh, I still kept in touch pretty much with everybody and never had anything against them. That thing was done, you know, it was a business move uh, in terms of personally, they never had any issues with me and I never had any issues with them either. I got along with everybody. So I'm not sure I understand the comment. All right. Well, maybe you, you could, uh, Clarify, Shooter Sharps and Vegemite Kid. Let's get, get on the phone. Fecky you too. Feck, feck, feck you too. Fecky you too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bill doesn't realize wrestling is dead. And, uh, you know, that's something I probably could agree on. Wrestling is dead, at least in my viewpoint. I, I, uh, I can't watch the stuff that's on TV now. I don't know what it is, but it's not wrestling. Well, uh, first of all, you're hosting a wrestling podcast here, but we're going back. We're talking about the old stuff. Right. You're right. Yeah. That's what I'm trying. That was my next sentence. We're talking about history. So uh, wrestling is not dead. If you go into, I'm not talking about on a national scale. If you go to places like Jimmy, wise guy, Jimmy Cicero, Matt Bowman wrestles for Rocket City Wrestling. There's wrestling there. There are uh, NWA is a lot of wrestling there. Mm -hmm. um, there are small pockets of independent wrestling, wrestling shows that still run all throughout the United States. That's wrestling. Japan still has wrestling. So no, wrestling's not dead. It depends. You're talking about what it looks like on national television. Worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide, Worldwide television. Um, but if you go into these small pockets and go to places like a Rocket City Wrestling, you'll see that pro wrestling is still very well alive. I, I, I agree with you, Bill, but I, I'm guessing the uh, listener or viewer's comment was in terms of the mainstream wrestling from as we all knew it, has been replaced by the entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. And when you say the, and 100% true, there are still small pockets around the country of wrestling, but they don't have the national exposure that wrestling mm -hmm. entertainment has. And the vast majority of today's quote, wrestling fans are fans of wrestling entertainment, not wrestling. However, if you take the third or fourth largest company and they, they're unsyndicated, if you look at Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor still, still has professional wrestling on the marquee. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's no question, but, you know, when, when, WWE, and I think it was last week, was they, they said was their worst Monday Night Raw rating ever, but it was still well over a million viewers. Mm -hmm. And that's today's wrestling fan, unless you live in one of those small pockets you referred to, the only thing they're exposed to is today's wrestling slash 
entertainment. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, this, this fan, if I remember the first line, Bruce, and correct me if I'm wrong, is wrestling is dead, right? That's the only line. Yeah. Right. So it's not true. Yeah. Well, listen, two things I want to unpack there. First of all, you can mention the ratings and a million viewers. And uh, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of AEW fans out there and a lot of people that want AEW to overtake WWE. And they went head to head on Friday night and SmackDown destroyed AEW. Now, I understand not the standard night and time. A lot of people that use, usually turn in on Wednesdays. It wasn't really head to head because um, uh, AEW came on after SmackDown. Well, same night, same right. night. And easy to watch both if you wanted to. And SmackDown just obliterated AEW. So, again, probably not a level playing field, but. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere close right now. And Braun Strowman, or I, I don't think there's anybody out there that'll fix it instantaneously. No, they won't. I, I, I think it's I'm just going over this again, that in my opinion, it's unfair to say they went head to head. Um, but the fans for AEW, um, I think follow them everywhere and every place they go. So I, I don't see a lot online of hey we've moved or on tv hey we've moved i don't think the message is strong enough i think if they get the message out there their fan base will come back so you know what i think part of it is as i alluded to today's wrestling viewer is really watching for the entertainment value they're not so much invested in, in the storylines or, or the names. And one thing that I think hurts AEW in, in that vein is WWE's production quality and production capability is just far exceeds what AEW's production quality and abilities are. And I'm wondering, throwing out to both of you, if you're just a, a viewer of, of wrestling entertainment, you're more likely to go with a more the company that has a lot more of the whistles and bells and gimmicks. And production-wise, WWE is, is so far unmatched. Well, WWE's got the you know the the, the wall of fans, but AEW and their um, defense, since you know I'm in Tony's pocket there. Uh, is puts has very good production as well. I haven't seen there's nothing that's made me say, boy, this show's low on production even since COVID still. Oh, I'm not saying low, but I mean, just the other capabilities the cameras, the lightings, the graphics, uh, WWE in that entertainment vein of production whistles and bells is just you know way, way ahead. And yeah. I, I think that's part of it, because if you're just kind of a casual wrestling entertainment fan, if you watch one show and like you say, there's nothing wrong with AEW's production capabilities, but just WWE, their whistles and bells are just way ahead. Yeah. And I, I think if you're going to watch one of the two, I think that certainly helps WWE in a ratings war. That whole death match thing with uh, John Moxley and Kenny Omega never, ever would have happened in the WWE. No, that, no absolutely was, not. Absolutely yeah. not. But I, I, I think, uh, and again, I'm not in Tony's pocket, but uh, I You're think- You're too big for Tony's pocket. Tony's yeah, a little yeah, guy. You said that, but- Yeah, but, but he's got know. really big pockets. <laughs> he does have no. deep pockets. But, but, thank you. But- um, but the fact is that I think AEW's got excellent production values uh, too. I, I mean, I do watch them every week and I haven't seen anything on AEW that has not looked exceptionally good. Yeah. Oh, no, I, and, and I'm saying that, but whistles and bells. They don't have, they don't have the, uh, the fun house. Yeah, well, and the gimmicks and, you know, everything else. The entertainment. Uh, and one of the reasons is we talked about a while back that WWE has been outstanding in the fact with no fans, the viewers at home can only see what they want them to, 
which has allowed them to set up gimmicks and set up, you know, suddenly the right. front house and, and, you know, everything else. And while AEW does have limited fans, they can't do that because the fans there can see everything. WWE has just been, you know, kudos to their entire production team of recognizing with fans only being able to see what they want, they can do a lot of things like where Alexa Bliss can suddenly appear out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, they're setting it up, but nobody sees it. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, one of the other things, just real quick, uh, you mentioned SmackDown and AEW. Who are the broadcasters on SmackDown? Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. McAfee. Who? Pat Nelson. Okay. All right. Just wanted to clear that up. Uh, the old punter from the Indianapolis oh. Colts. Oh, that guy. That guy. Uh, Jonathan oh, Turbine. And tells this... people to F off. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't uh, here comes Twitter. Bill, your Twitter feed's lighting up already. I'm not on Twitter, but I can sense it. <laughs> We're not live, thankfully. VOC Nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain. Follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Bill After, The Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, Ken Resnick, The Maestro, Shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit VOCNation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation. Uh, Jonathan Turbine, this came in on YouTube, uh, and it was on the Ken Resnick's first meeting with Vince McMahon episode. Uh, cool story. The mustache thing was obviously a loyalty thing to see if indeed Killer Ken was willing to put his heart and soul into his new job. Great power move. By Vince. And that's what you said, Ken. It was a test, right? To see if you were going to please well, the old I, man. I, I think the young man at that time. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was partially a test, but I, I also think, you know, reflecting back, it was Vince's way of letting someone, you know, a, a new hire know who's boss. And yeah. it's like I said, you know, when I worked there and not negative, just fact, there were kind of two rules you, you need to always remember. Rule number one, Vince is always right. Rule number two, if you think Vince is wrong, see rule number one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, different styles. This also came in on YouTube. Spreading the word that Bill After is on this channel. Great quick clips. And he's referencing, you know, on YouTube, if you follow VOC Nation Wrestling Network, we don't do the full shows. We used to do those back in the uh, the genesis of this show and and when the, the rebranding of the network. And now all that stuff's on premium, premium.vocnation.com or patreon.com slash vocnation. $3 a month gets you all the video, commercial free, and some of After's archives. But you get clips on YouTube of the video of various shows and uh, different styles likes the fact that Mr. Bill Apter's on there. So, Bill, not everybody on the Internet hates you today. No, there's only one. Never mind. But, however, I'd like to give a shout out. By yeah. the way, one or two. Mike Johnson, Dave Shearer from PW Insider. Thank you so much for all the uh, for running links to our uh, our show and uh, quotes. We really appreciate that. And uh, 411 Mania as well uh, for covering us. Well, you're going to get me in trouble. I also have to thank E-Wrestling News and well, Lords of Pain and <laughs> WrestlingHeadlines.com and yeah. Wrestling Inc. every once in a while. And yeah. uh, uh, Raja, Raja Mania. Raja. Uh, okay, we'll stop. But thanks for all of the wrestling Russell websites. Thing. But we do have a special relationship with PW Insider, they were really the first ones, even going back 10 years ago, that started to cover our shows, and we appreciate it. And Ken's a heel. 411 really has Ken painted. I know. They, they, it, it's like, I, you know, if I say hello, they're going to take it the wrong way. <laughs> I think if Ken's going to be a full heel, you know what he needs? <laughs> What's that? A mustache. Mustache. Oh, no. <laughs> Got to come back. Ken, uh, you can use the just for men. Color it in. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm afraid it would be way too gray. No, this. they're going to have to, they can't do it just for men anymore because of everything on, everything is, it's now just going to be just for people. Just for people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, 
that's true. We'll move on. Um, uh, this also came in on YouTube. It was on a video clip of Bill after talking about Vince McMahon's change in demeanor when he took control of the company in the late 70s. Scott Seleggi, I think that's how you say his name. He wrote a paragraph, uh, almost a novel. And he says, Vince changed again. He seems to not care about a stable of run-of-the-mill wrestlers, just a bunch of six-foot regular circus players. Vince brags that he has the best, but it's AEW who's getting the real talent. Then he goes on to name half of the AEW roster. You get the picture. The Scott's a big fan of AEW and uh, saying that Vince is uh, changing for the worse. What do you think, guys? Well, do you ever see Scott in that pocket? <laughs> in the left hand um it, it, it's a lot of people are saying it's becoming aewwe um yeah yeah because uh, it's like tnawde what's that it's like tna tnaewwe right 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 cw um, period um but uh i think that, uh, you know, some of the uh, people that were just released, I think they'll do, uh, if he goes to AEW, uh, Braun Strowman, I think could be, Mark Henry was talking about having one last match. I think that against, he against Strowman would be great, but I don't want to see them doing something with Braun Strowman like they did with um, uh, with Miro, because when he came in, you, they did almost nothing with him till recently. Will Lana, his wife, wind up there? Hopefully. I hope uh, not. But, well, hope, I'm saying I hope yes, because I think they brought out the best in each other. But, um, but my feeling at this point is getting back to your original question. Uh, what do I think of uh, the people in WWE right now? They've got a group of guys that have worked all the way through uh, uh, COVID-19 for over a year, uh, not being able to, uh, to get out there. I love you. Not being able to get out there and all that. And I think they're left right now with a lot of um, uh, remnants of a, of a full roster. I think they need to rebuild their roster somewhat at this point uh, because they, they always had that one or two mega stars and they need to re they need to find the way to rebuild that facet again you know bill and, and bruce and you and i have, have talked about it kind of with the 50 50 booking yeah I, I mean we're so many of the guys on top right now spent so long just getting beaten and beaten when i, I mean do you think they can build that mega must-see star from anyone currently in the stable? Because it's almost like everyone in the stable has kind of gone through a cycle of getting a big push and then kind of getting beat a lot, then kind of being out of the picture, then coming back. Uh, and I, I pose that question and one other to both of you talking about, you know, AEW and or AEW, WWE, um, you know, when the, the, you know, the, the Cody Rhodes and the Chris Jericho's, you know, made the, the jump to start AEW. And as you talked about, they bring in WWE performers now and don't do a lot. Uh, do you think, and I've wondered if part of the mentality is they look at those they get now is the only reason they're getting them is because they've been cast off of the WWE island that maybe that's one of the reasons they're not doing as much as we would have thought? Uh, I think that the cast offs, again, as I mentioned, I think last week or the week before that, uh, I think the cast off bring familiarity of those viewers that were watching WWE that still want to see these uh, particular people. Bruce, I want to go back to something you said. You said uh, you hope Lana does not wind up with uh, Rusev Miro again. Why? Well, it's, it's tired. It's been done. And Rusev Miro has really found his way in AEW. I mean, he's developed a character that is mean and it's, it's over right now. He's a monster. And I, I don't want to see the uh, the comedy, you know, 
reality TV junk that they had him doing in WWE. I think we've seen it. And I think her going over there will make him want to get her involved because that's how it works. And uh, it'll take away from what he has the potential to do. And I mean, sometimes it's like, I think in any business, um, it's not healthy for a husband and a wife to work together because you're, you don't get away from work. And no matter how hard you try, you come home and you're still talking about work. And I think that Miro has a lot of potential. You're seeing it on TV and just let him go. And, what, if, and- what if they came up with a scenario like this? You know, there are a ton of fans who do not follow wrestling on the internet. They watch it week to week, younger fans especially. I hear the kids, like I say, standing at the bus stop talking about wrestling. Don't ask what I'm doing at the bus stop. I'm passing by. I know some of you at the bus stop. (laughs) But but I hear them talking about wrestling. What, What if they did a ladies invasion angle in AEW where nobody knows Lana is going to show up, she changes her name. Oh my God, that was Lana in WWE. What do you do? Oh, I'm stabbing my eyes with scissors. No, no. And then they start bringing in some of the other WWE ladies like a Mickey James, etc., to represent that other company. What, what would, I guess you wouldn't like that, would you? It's like a WCW, uh, WWE invasion type of thing. I have nothing well, I against. Know, so yeah. Not necessarily that, but I, I would love the fact I'm a big Mickey James fan. I, I think she would do great in uh, AEW. And, and I'm, I'm a little with Bruce on this one in that, you know, Miro is really coming into his own. Mm-hmm. You know, no gimmicks, no funny stories. He's really coming into his own. And it's like anything, if, if if they bring Lana in, suddenly he's going to be not focusing 100% on his character, but kind of worrying about what they're doing, you know, with her, maybe down the road. But, you know, I kind of tend to agree, hopefully not right now. And I'm the first to say uh, from, you know, where she was a year and a half ago, she's come a a long way. I just Uh, think it would be compelling to see her show up there and then he goes like he doesn't even know it what are you doing here you don't work for and then she she gets involved as a wrestler or something i don't know just let them book it they could gimmick the invasion angles have all been done to death and um i I don't know about a women-centric one um that's what i was talking about yeah here's a here's what i think could could they could do is you know they have all these these uh, wrestlers or talent that's been migrating over there, uh, either retired people or people that have been cast off and they've kind of settled into their place on the AEW roster. And what I think could happen is if you brought in somebody like Braun Strowman or somebody recently released Andrade, Lana, which they did bring them in Scott Hall style. And then all of a sudden, all of these former WWE castoffs start banding together. That's what I was talking about with Lana. All together, though, men and women in an interpromotional style. So Jericho and the uh, the tag team, <laughs> what, 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 what was Dax and, uh, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, so all of these people start, you know, coming together. And, and then you really have an interpromotional uh, war. Well, perfect. And, Perfect. You've got Vicky Guerrero and Andrade yeah. there already. That could have been. That could be the start of it. Then Vicky brings Lana out. Jericho Lana brings it. Yeah, and Vicky Jericho Guerrero. does a big turn on the the uh, the inner circle or oh, the elite. God. You know, Vicky Guerrero could run this stable. She could be the spokesman for the stable. I see. I don't think they'll do it. Uh, because I, I don't, I don't think they'll do it, but I think it'd be entertaining. All right, let's uh, let's take I, a break. I'm trying to figure out, did did like Bruce? Did Bill split himself in two because he's supposedly he's in Tony Khan's pocket, and he also suddenly is kind of in Lana's pocket? And you know, I'm are there are there, there like two of him? It was like in Star Trek. Is there like a parallel universe where Bill's in two pockets? I'm saying Guerrero's in his pocket. My wife would be upset. Thank you. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We're supposed to talk about the Heart Foundation today, but I'm not sure if we'll have enough time. We might have to go to break and think about what else we could talk about 
for another 20 minutes or so. That's a real problem here this week on Wrestling With History. Thanks for your stuff. Keep sending it in. At VOC Nation on Twitter. If you see us covered on the internet, go to your favorite wrestling site, comment there, comment at VOCNation.com or send an email to Bruce at VOCNation.com. Tweet Bill at App. Uh, after one wrestling yeah. that that's all that is a crock we are paying bill after on the payroll at voc nation and he hasn't changed his twitter uh but that aside follow us on twitter at voc nation as well and uh make sure you hit subscribe like follow on the the podcast feed voc nation wrestling network all of our shows on one great feed this show in the room with Brady Hicks and Maestro. Wes Briscoe's in the family now. We got a lot of good stuff. Uh, so check that out. I, I got to say, like Jimmy Hart, holy cow, everything Bill After does on Twitter is getting himself in trouble. We'll I think I mean, we love you. We'll be back on the other side. Wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. I'm troubled, not in trouble. VOC Nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain. Follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Bill After, The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, Ken Resnick, The Maestro, Shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit VOCNation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation. Okay, back here on Wrestling With History Worldwide and the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Today, we were supposed to talk about the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, but we won't be doing that because we spent so much time on your mail. So keep the mail coming in and we'll spend as much time as we have to. That's Making what we're up trying for to last week. Huh? Making up for last week. Making up for last yeah, week. Yes. I need some clarification on some of the uh, uh, comments that some people made uh, for me to clarify. Clarify I'm... and yeah, keep, keep more, it coming. More, more like Clara Bell. I remember that. Howdy doody. Yes. <laughs> All right, moving along. Say duty so, on the so, speaking yeah. of fans, yes. uh, we do want to spend some time. We are at the end. I don't want to say the end of the pandemic, but we're at the end of the worst of the pandemic in the United States of America, where the three of us live. And we know that this Hopefully. show is truly, Hopefully. huh? Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Truly worldwide. Because not only have we hit number one on the charts in China, number two on the charts in India, number one on the charts in Nigeria. We've been in the top 50 in the United States, the top 20 in Great Britain. But this week for the first, and there's a whole, whole host of other countries, the Scandinavians love us. This week, we finally cracked the charts in the top 20, right behind JR and uh, was it Kurt Angle? It was two of the Conrad shows and in front of a WWE podcast with um uh who's the guy on raw bill who's the color commentator on raw Why can't I think his name? who ryan saxton no no the color commentator uh he used to wrestle in nxt hurt his neck oh um oh i know yeah. he's with all the tattoos yeah yeah, yeah. oh cory Corey, yeah, yeah, Corey Graves. Shame oh. on me. So that guy, uh, we're ahead of him. Sorry about in, that, Corey. In, in this country, the great country of the Philippines. Oh, yes. So the Filipinos are big fans of this. Wait a show. minute. What does Corey Graves have to do with the Philippines? He's on the the charts. He does a podcast oh, okay. on the WWE Podcast guy. Network, great. and we're a spot ahead of him on the charts in the Philippines. So. Filipino audience, we love you. Keep your support coming and uh, mail your checks too. <laughs> Do you know that Corey Graves' brother is a, uh, a well-known wrestler in Mexico, Sam Adonis? Oh, I didn't know that. In Japan, yeah. Yeah, they are, they are brothers. Hmm. So look it up, right. Sam Adonis. So uh, speaking of fans, uh, yeah. the now that we're at the hopefully at the end of the pandemic in the United States, uh, people are getting out again, masks are coming off, some people are burning them. Um, 
we're we're at this point where people are coming back to sporting events and wrestling is going back on the road and wwe is how holding SummerSlam, SummerSlam in las vegas outdoors in august no, when it'll probably... not, not outdoors it'll it'll it's in the new dome stadium where right. the... i'm a fountain of misinformation today aren't yeah. i you know, I, I heard stadium and I just thought outdoors, but shame on me. Yeah. Uh, but if you're outside trying to get into the stadium, well, maybe it's a go. dome. It's a dome, so it might be clear. You never know. You know. If you're outside trying to get into the stadium, it'll be 114 degrees. Yeah, that's how it works out. I'm guessing with security and, and some kind of social distancing of people, you know, I, it's like you're exactly right. Just what you, I, I was surprised. I mean, in August, Las Vegas could be 120 degrees. And, you know, you'd be able to fry an egg on the sidewalk while you're waiting and baking, you know, standing in line an hour to try and get in where it's cool again. You don't great stadium, but I was really surprised at that Las Vegas in August. What you don't realize is the power of WWE. Uh, I want to make sure the weather will be not burning hot. Make sure that happens. Good, good luck with that one in Vegas in August. <laughs> it was 99 here today at 6 o'clock. There will be Bill right in Tony Khan's pocket trying to counterbalance the weather machine. That's right. Wherever Make sure it's cold there. Or, you know. Anyway. Um, Bill so, and Tony are hoping for a sandstorm. By the way, just, 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 just to back up a little, to, I met Tony at double, the original Double or Nothing, the very first one. I haven't met or talked with him since then. Uh, so there's no, there's no in his pocket. Unless... We believe you, Bill. Well, no, if you're in his pocket, why would he need to talk to you? You're right there. He can just reach down. I never thought of that, Ken. <laughs> uh, so, so the whole fans We're thing. way off the tracks tonight. Just <laughs> I know this is, this is probably the worst show that we've done. No, this a... is the best worst one, but AEW is going to be touring again. Uh, Ring oh, of Honor listen. is opening up to in Baltimore very soon with the fans will get their temperature checked at the door. Um, I know a lot of independent shows are already running and people are required to wear masks for a while now. So, yeah. We'll oh, get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. That's get the, the jab. That's the imitation I've ever heard. If you get the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. Otherwise, you're going to have to wear your mask. Hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe maybe that's coming. WWE you know, is, is trying to be more of a medium, you know, mainstream. Maybe that'll be, you know, come to SummerSlam and we'll jab you the way in. We'll no, they seriously you don't. Way in the stadium. I would not put it past. I'm somewhat serious. I can see it. vaccines to people who have not been vaccinated. Uh, and I think that would be great if they did something like that. And I do know that, you know, the department that does uh, goodwill uh, for a lot of different charities and all that, I bet you that idea is already on the table. It's, it is a good idea to vaccinate in the arena. I, I mean, I think we should be creative and not getting uh, political, but it'd be nice to hit that uh, magic mile marker of 70 or 80% of the country vaccinated. And yeah. why not go to the sports leagues and professional wrestling to try to get it done? Why not? Sure. So uh, listen, I just want to ask you guys, I, I can't get into the product with no fans or very little fans. I, I'm not a big fan of the WWE Thunderdome. I think it was great to get us through the pandemic, but I can't wait for fans to be back in the arena. Cause to me, Bill, and Ken, the, the big part of wrestling is the fan reaction. For years and years and years, we watched the Raw after WrestleMania because the fans were just on fire. And I think when this happens again, and we saw it at WrestleMania to some extent, but when it happens again regularly, that's when you're going to start to see ratings kick up. And I think if I look into the tea leaves, WWE's cutting back and trying to rebuild because they know that really – it starts to get real when fans are back at SummerSlam. Yeah, I also, you have to remember, and nobody's talked about this yet, that once they went fanless, 
they had to be careful of what they were doing in the ring because when there were 15, 20,000 fans in an arena, you couldn't hear uh, guys calling spots or girls yep. calling spots. Uh, the punches and everything, if you missed something, it wasn't as obvious as it was in an empty arena, even with the, with the wall of fans. So that, that is one of the things that uh, I think the wrestlers are going to enjoy that uh, with the fans being back. But I think just the way the talent in the ring, their adrenaline will be working in an explosive manner will bring their performances up to a level that we haven't seen in a year and a half. Well, do you remember, and uh, Bill, I don't think you were with us. Bruce, you, you and I talked about it before Bill joined us. Uh, Famously, I think it, it, it was one of the WWE shows where they had it without fans. Uh, they broke for a commercial break, but only in the States, not in Europe. So when they thought they were on commercial break here, the fans in Europe saw the two wrestlers get together in the center of the ring and talk about what they were going to do next. And I can't remember the wrestlers, but that kind of blew up. So yeah. I think Bill's exactly right that uh, uh, having fans back will be a real boon to the less experienced wrestlers that sometime need the veteran who's pacing the match to call out the shots, something they haven't been able to do. Yeah, and I think also AEW, uh, as good as their TV product has been uh, before, uh, pre, before, during COVID, uh, I think just the fact with the, the way their fans are such a cult group of fans that's going to bring them out so much more. The talent I'm talking about, their enthusiasm. When you see Cody come out and these people, yep. they're like, oh, yeah. but now with the fans there, they've got a small amount of fans there right now. And it's really, you can see how much it's energized them currently uh, with 15, 20,000 fans there. Boy, it's going to break records. But do you... See, people are asking me, am I going to feel comfortable going into an arena with 20,000 fans? I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm comfortable going to a local movie theater yet. Yet. So that's, well, I, that's understandable. I'm not sure. I was so secure in that pocket. There was, you know, nobody else in there with you. But, you I know. Hope that's right. It was like my mask. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm not sure at this point. You know, most of the time when I go to arenas, I'm backstage. So I'm not in that element of sitting there with 15, 20,000 fans, but there are times when I do sit up in the stands and I like to enjoy a show like everybody else does, but I don't know if I'm particularly ready for that yet. People are asking me, am I gonna be at SummerSlam? I'm booked elsewhere that, uh, that weekend at, the, um, at another place. So I will not be there, but I don't know if I'm ready yet. Yeah, I. I I, uh, I think if you got the vaccine, this is my personal opinion. I did. Not, not, not advice to you, but my personal opinion is um, I chose to get the vaccine, uh, the MN mRNA vaccine. I believe in it, and it's effective. It's effective not only when you're with other vaccinated people, but when you're with unvaccinated people. And uh, if I didn't trust that, then I wouldn't have gotten it. So uh, we feel very free. And uh, we did go to the movies and I would go to an arena because uh, I think that's that's, uh, you know, the, the, the beauty of that vaccine is uh, I don't go around thinking I'm going to get smallpox or measles. And I'm trusting that this vaccine is it's supposedly more effective than the flu vaccine. The numbers are in the toilet. Right. I mean, we're down under. 5,000 cases for the first time since yeah, this yeah, thing no, started. It, it's, proven, it's being proven that it works. I'm just not sure yeah. I want to be among 20,000 people yet. Yeah. No, and every, listen, this has done a number on people's psyche too. So I think it's always a personal decision. And that's, I tell this, uh, it, my, <laughs> my, my, my real job, my, my job as, as an executive, uh, it's, it's a personal decision and it's all about the individual. And that's the beauty of this country. If, if you feel comfortable to go out and uh, not wear a mask, then that's all on you. If you want to wear a mask, that's all on you. And I think that's what people have to do. And I, I'm very excited for the day that we see full arenas and people back 
to some semblance of normal oh, me too. and and we move past this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for that, but it is a personal decision for everybody, right? Well, Ken, I'm, I'm sure you and I, in the years that we spent in the business, also miss going backstage to be with the family, so to say, at, at shows, just because even if we're not working at a particular arena, or whatever, uh, I know I'll go backstage just to see the family, so to say. I miss that terribly, even more than going to the wrestling shows and seeing the action in the ring. I miss bonding with the wrestling family that I've had for all these years. You know, I, one thing I'm curious about, certainly as things progress and, and you know, they're doing uh, TV again, um, what do you think uh, is going to happen to what we traditionally knew as just house shows? You know, not TV, but, you know, they would do, you know, X a number of, of house shows a week, uh, you know, in like smaller markets. Even here in the Twin Cities, they would come in a couple times a year, not taping anything, just doing a house show. Uh, do you think that's going to return to anything like it was you know, pre-pandemic. They're doing it. They're doing it. Most of the WWE shows that where they're coming back <clears throat> are not going to be, as far as I know, <clears throat> Raw, SmackDown. They're just going to be arena shows. But those that are in the big cities, and the, and they, it, I think once they get the word, it's going to take them a couple of years to get back to see if those small shows would even be worth it. Because most of those small shows on tour, I don't think we're making a lot of money. When you took a place. Like um, uh, I was in Trenton several times, Trenton, New Jersey, a few times where they ran the arenas there and they were half full, you know. So well, it's so televised. I mean, you used to go to a house show because that was the only way you could see the big talent against each other. This, the syndicated shows were squash matches. And now you can see, I mean, there's wrestling on TV with big matches every night. So, yeah. um, Bill, the I'm other thing curious about is when they are able to bring fans back in for TV, are they going to start going out like WWE would do all over the country with Monday Night Raw? Because A, they have cut a ton of production people and B, their cost of putting on Monday Night Raw, you know, from right in Tampa is probably maybe 25% of what it is taking, you know, all those semis and everything on the road. That's, I'm not curious about the fans coming back on the TV. I'm wondering if they're going to take TV on the road weekly. And right now with the, the cutbacks we've seen even from months ago, production wise, I wonder if they even have a production staff, capable of taking that on the road well they could bring those people back on a freelance basis and i'm sure they would uh, uh most of them would love to come back if there's an availability and just my feeling bill in terms of i just want to go back to you were talking about um talent there's two things you were talking about talent calling matches or having to be refined you know it that the production nature of the shows you know you're you're just doing a show for tv so it's harder to hide flaws and one thing that came out and this is kind of against that but it, it came out that vince mcmahon was asking talent to go to the performance center to sharpen their skills and some of the big stars were upset about that two things uh, how do you think how do you feel about that do you think that that was an overreach by mcmahon and an insult to his better talent and part two is do people even call matches in the ring anymore or is they it do. very they well planned out in the ring i know that for sure the, the experienced people do because they can just work off each other so and I that's can, still allowed what's that that's still allowed the producer of the match will probably tell them this is what i want uh this is how it needs to finish and you guys some of them you need professional enough to you know just work this out you know you got two pros on the other thing with mcmahon if i'm the boss of a company uh and i see something happening i'm going to say no matter whether it's one of my veteran workers or a newbie i'm going to say we're doing something differently i need you to retrain a little bit that's and i'm sorry if you don't like that but i'm paying you a half a million dollars a year so 
please do what I ask you to do. Yeah. And, and Bruce, I, I'm guessing there may have been a little bit of pushback because pre-pandemic, the big stars, there was never an opportunity to send them to the training center for, right. you know, they were out on the road, they were doing house shows, they were making, you know, all the TV. So I, I, I would guess, and I agree with Bill, you know, uh, it's the old golden rule. He that's got the gold makes the rules. Yeah. But, but yeah. I'm just saying a lot, there may have been some pushback because they had never been approached or had to experience anything like that because there was never an opportunity. When, you know, you're working a guy four or five days a week, different city every day, you're not going to say, hey, on those two days off, I want you to go there and train a little bit more. Right. But now, as you know, there are agents watching the shows when there's a house show or whatever. So when these guys were on the road four or five nights a week, you would have an agent after the match. The wrestler always goes back. What did you think? And there might have been some fine tuning going because they're on the road for two or three days in a row or four or five days in a row. And that's where they were able to fine tune at the house shows. That was their performance centers. Oh, back, back in the day, sometimes we'd be on the road, you know, eight, 10 days straight. And I can't tell you how many times right before a house show, the guys that were working would come into whoever the agent was and said, you know, and this was pre-internet. So the, the guys would say, what do you want us to do tonight? And he'd say, do the same thing you did last night. That was, yeah. the, end of the, that was the end of the conversation. No, I know. But if they goof, if there was something that didn't go right, yeah. the agent would be able to fine tune it because that was their performance center, the, the spot shows. Yeah. Well, listen, I think there's going to be a lot of really exciting things coming up in wrestling as we get back into fans watching shows and shows get back on the road and making history. Well, I think what you'll get a chance to see is uh, the talent. So all this stuff has kind of happened in a vacuum, right on just on TV. And we don't know how fans will react to some of the stars that have really gone over during the pandemic. So I think it'll be exciting, at least for me, as somebody who doesn't really watch the current product, to go and watch how fans night after night react to Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns. How has it changed? How is it the oh, same? You're going to get incredible. When you talk about those two guys, mm -hmm. the top, when we talk about uh, the megastars and WWE, you just brought up the two of the best. The, the Roman Reigns change in everything he did was one of the most amazing metamorphoses I've ever seen. In my oh, life. it's great. And well, that's what they could have done with John Cena, too. I mean, they had an opportunity to do heel turns. And, and I get the whole Make-A-Wish thing. And, um, you know, merchandise. Yeah, I had merchandise. I mean, there's a lot of reasons not to do it, but I think for just wrestling entertainment purposes, they did they did a monster job with Roman Reigns taking advantage of the heat. But I I also you know there's a there was a lot of surprise people coming into AEW that we didn't get the fan reaction. Like I would have loved to see how fans reacted to Sting or Jake Roberts, uh, the uh, Dax and and. <laughs> They wouldn't I'm, let him do it. They wouldn't let him do it, though. You see the the. Uh, no, uh, I'm saying I, I we didn't. I mean, I would have I would have loved to see if fans were there, how those reactions would be. So I can't wait the for internet? the first time that Jake comes out on the stage with a full arena of fans. I think yeah, it would yeah, I think yeah. it'll be exciting. Yeah, because, it, you know, the, the uh, mentality at TNT back then was advertised that uh, these guys are going to be there when it used to be like in the old WCW days with the invasion, these guys just showed up. Yeah. What well, was some of them were surprises, but I'm just saying the first time somebody flips over, it was always a big reaction. And I, I think that's going to be cool to see. It's going to be cool to see when the fan, but lots to, to be uh, to lots to come. Let's say it like that. Next week, we'll do the heart foundation guys. We'll do the heart foundation. We'll do it justice. We'll, we'll limit the mail to 15 minutes. So get your stuff in early so we make sure to get it in. Otherwise, we'll have to save it for next week or the well, weekend. Maybe that. we should do an extra show called the VOC Nation Wrestling with History Mailbag. We could do that. Bill, Bill, I, and you, you, you messaged me, and I, 
I, um, I've been just so crazy at home with the kids and, um, not really great with my messages, but you messaged me about doing something extra and, uh, I'm all for creativity and, and you people out there, if you want to hear something, if you want to hear us cover a topic or a certain star or something that you'd like to hear Bill and Ken talk about, write us. Yeah, VOCNation.com, tweet at VOC Nation. But we just threw this together today. Hopefully you liked it. Um, you know, we just had some fun. It kind of went off script. So anyway, uh, thanks you went off script, you're fired. I'm fine being fired. My wife will thank you. Uh, for uh, for Bill after Killer Ken Resnick, the voice of choice, Bruce Ward. Send us out, guys, so I can watch the rest of the Sixers game. Go for it. Bye. See you next week (laughs) on the fun house. Oh my God. I can't top that. See you at the matches. Bye everybody.